0: Shout out to our Patreon supporters, C, Molly Valkyrie, and Roxy B. Thank you. Funny things, funny words, funny stuff.
1: Yeah, can you think of something funny really quick?
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, Jupiter, what is, what's the difference between... Oh, gosh. I'm making this up on the spot. What's the difference between a milk, a glass of milk? A milk. And, uh, orange juice.
1: Oh there are so many differences. One comes from a cow, one comes from an orange for example. Uh that's one of the differences. <laughs> um, well, one has one has pulp, the other has skim, I don't know.
0: Um the difference is that you, you these they both you, you uh-huh. both squeeze them and and
1: Sorry, the difference is a similarity. Actually, cut,
0: cut this out.
1: Cut this out. You're the one in charge of that. Ah, <laughs> oh. welcome to enchanting aspects.
0: we no, we can't put that. We can't put that in. <laughs> welcome to yeah. enchanting aspects. Welcome to enchanting aspects. Um, this is a. This is a. This is a, we don't, this is a sleepy, this is cozy, sleepy, because
1: we're... This is a cozy, sleepy episode. We're both wrapped up in blankets. We're both wrapped up in blankets. And it's
0: winter b- break, even though neither of us are in school. Yeah. <laughs> um. Christmas is coming soon, in a week.
1: Soon. Yeah, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be in, like, what, three days?
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Is this... Now did now, I have a I have a question for you Amy. We didn't talk about this or plan this at all. Uh d- are is this like a holiday special? Or- um
0: yeah, it's a holiday special because last year we did anti aspects and we didn't do a holiday special, but I'm making it a holiday special for my thing.
1: Wait, sorry, was anti aspects a year ago? There's no way. Yep. We yep.
0: were There's no f- there's no f- Oh, wait, no, 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 fuck, I fucked up, not anti-aspects, not anti-aspects, I meant, um, whole aspects
1: Okay, that's more believable as being Yeah <laughs> As being a Yeah,
0: hero. yeah, we did whole aspects <laughs> as, at the end of the year, but I figured, like, you know, we started doing once every two weeks Instead, and it just hasn't been enough time between There hasn't been enough episodes to do another whole one again, so we're doing a, a holiday one
1: that, okay, so that's great because the thing that I brought is not at all holiday related. <laughs> even a little
0: bit. Okay, that's good. That's, um, as, as we did, um, so. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah maybe we should have, uh, coordinated, even a little bit. Communicated, yeah. Yeah, that would have been helpful. <laughs>
0: welcome to welcome to enchanting snowflakes
1: enchanting okay that's cute enchanting
0: snowflakes and and um and cuddle up and get your hot chocolate or tea or water and your fire light light Mm -hmm. your trees on fire and snuggle up to them (laughs) oh no
1: uh oh! Uh oh! Um,
0: get your presents ready and don't open them yet.
1: Und, under the tree, under the tree that's on fire.
0: Yeah, set your presents on fire. If they, <laughs> if they don't burn all to ashes, then you get what's inside.
1: What a what a hold on now! What a what a great new tradition uh, is. You have to get your friends and loved ones gifts that don't burn.
0: Yeah. That's that's pretty tough. I mean they don't I don't think they've made a non flammable iPhone yet.
1: No. No, iPhones are pretty flammable, I think. Yeah,
0: so Apple's gonna do bad next season. Next Christmas season.
1: Apple's gonna t- Apple's gonna do, but you know what? All of the tech companies are gonna do pretty bad, and you know what? I think I'm okay with that. Yeah,
0: I'm a little sad though, because blankets are gonna do bad too. Because blankets. Oh, blankets! Very do cats on Well, there are,
1: there, a- are th- there are fireproof blankets. Yeah. Those are th- those are a thing.
0: Are they cozy?
1: I have no idea.
0: Um. So I'm gonna talk about my thing now, I guess. Which is um is my my favorite scene from um It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Have you seen It's a Wonderful Life? I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen it a couple of times. Through you, you can't, you can't be someone who celebrates Christmas in America without seeing that movie at least 600 billion times. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of the law. And so, yeah, I've seen it.
0: (laughs) Um, In case you haven't seen it, um, anybody out there who hasn't seen it, It's a Wonderful Life is an old movie, 1946. That's before I was born. I was alive.
1: Yeah. It's a movie. I di- I died and then got reborn in 1997, mm-hmm. but I was alive then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so it's a wonderful life is a movie about a guy named George and like he's he's sad and shit because he wanted to um he wanted to leave the small town life and have a good cool swag life, but he got stuck. Um, because he fell in love and he had kids and, you know, he like had to stay for family businesses and obligations. Um, and then he sad about it and he was, um, he was, he, he like got, he lost a lot of money and was in debt. And so he was going to commit suicide or jump off a bridge. And an angel stopped him and showed him what his life would be like. If he didn't exist in this small town, and how much of an impact that just one man has
1: on other people's lives
0: it's good good,
1: At, good movie um yeah it's it's pretty good. it's also like it's just now hitting me that like this is probably one of the only movies that that is like. About how good being a banker can be? <laughs> I can't think of a single banker that changed my life for the better.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody at all. Ever. Who are you? Um. So, there's snow in the movie. It's black and white. <laughs>
1: is it wet or
0: dry amy oh it's they use wet wet they use the wet kind in this one i okay my mom doesn't listen to this podcast but i'm so sorry to my mom for completely fucking up the talking about this movie because this is like her all-time favorite movie (laughs) mom i'm sorry i'm just sleep my back hurts i'm asleep i just woke up from a nap like, mid, like, I was in <laughs> REMs, I was in the REM stage and I woke up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I also, here's the thing, is I also just woke up from being asleep. <laughs> uh, and so we are really like prime sleepy bitch hours, uh, in, in this one. Uh, I, which you know what? I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real right the fuck now. I think is honestly, like, good vibes for the holidays it is
0: we're cozy like we're gonna yeah. i mean i'm yelling but fall asleep to this
1: episode <laughs> fall asleep to this episode
0: put out the fire so it's a long movie it's very long it's good it's got the it's it's like is it's one of those holiday movies it's like not even it's like there's christmas in it at the very end like It's, like, technically a holiday movie, just because it's around Christmas. It's kind of, like, Die Hard Christmas movie.
1: Now that you've said that, I just want to spend this whole episode trying to find comparisons between It's a Wonderful Life and Die Hard. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean... Because
1: one of those movies is inarguably a holiday movie, and one of those movies has become a meme... On whether or not it counts as a holiday <laughs> movie. And I'm not going to fuel that fire at all today, but w- what I am saying is what if Jimmy Stewart was cast in Die Hard?
0: Oh what's what's the famous line from Die Hard?
1: Uh, it's like something there, well, motherfucker. There's... Yeah, there's Yippie Kaye motherfucker.
0: Okay, we gotta do a George a George voice uh Yippy Kaye, motherfucker.
1: I don't know that I'm gonna do better than that. That's great. (laughs) Thank you. That was great.
0: Thank you. Um Oh
1: my gosh.
0: So it's it's a wonderful life. I don't know, it's just it's a very, very feel good movie. Um let me just let me just play the clip that um I really like, and I'm sure most people, this is their favorite part of the movie too, just because it's the, it's it's about love. It's about the moon.
1: It's it's about, oh, the fucking moon scene. See, my favorite scene is when all those teenagers get thrown into the pool. Yeah,
0: that's also a really, really good scene. Yeah. Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight, can't you come out tonight,
1: can't you
0: come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Dance Dance by by the light of the the moon. moon. What'd you wish when you threw that rock?
1: Oh, no. Come on, tell me. If I told you, it might not come through.
0: What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Mary.
1: I'll take it. Then what?
0: Well, then you could swallow it, and it'd all dissolve, see? And the moonbeams would shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair.
1: Am I talking too much? Yes! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> hey! I really. Now, my favorite part of that scene is the, is the old ass man. Yeah. <laughs> just being like, these fucking dumbasses. You idiot, you stupid. <laughs> you fucking, you fucking dumbass city, you just fucking kiss her. Now, I mean, if we're just being real, uh, <laughs> that old man is hilarious. Also, uh, this, this whole interaction between them is, just very fun and let's just be real is definitely a better option than just randomly kissing her
0: yeah it's it's one of the few old movies that like they actually have a chemistry and they actually take time to establish that chemistry and you know not just you know they're a woman and a man and so you know, spend enough time together and they kiss. No, it's like they, they both are attracted right, yeah. to each other's intelligence and passions and and funny. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I also... <laughs> I love the description of, like, what a fucking... Wi- let's just be real. What a wild-ass thing to say to somebody of, like, like, okay, I'm gonna... You want the moon? I'll lasso down you the moon. Cute. Good. That's a cute thing to say. The, what next? Well, you'll swallow it, (laughs) then it'll dissolve, then all of the moonbeams will shoot out of your fingers and your toes and all of the strands of your hair, and, like, I'm gonna be real, that's, what that sounds like is, like, something that would happen in an anime. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, this scene, I mean, like...
1: She's about to go fucking Super Saiyan.
0: (laughs) This scene always stood out to me as a kid specifically because of that sentence. This part where he says, and it'll dissolve, and it'll shoot out of your fingertips and your toes, and the tips, in the tips, and the tips of your hair. Um, and I don't know why. It's just, I don't know, because it, cause it is weird. I was like, that's a weird thing to say. People don't fucking say that, and that's weird. And I guess I, I saw that as because it's so weird, I saw so it as vulnerable george was opening up his his entire heart to mary yeah. at that moment is her name mary i think so okay i hope so <laughs> um george was just it, opening- it was
1: it was the fucking 1940s every woman every, was named every every
0: woman was named mary yeah it was just like i don't know true true vulnerability and a, a little bit of femininity, femininity fem, feminine fem feminine
1: feminine fem fem
0: fem fem fem, <laughs> fem, fem 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 um and it's it is just also like he kind of gross and human and like yeah he in the way he says it he like the way he describes the moon coming out of mary even though like you know the moon beams are probably beautiful and stuff it's also kind of be a weird unattractive thing to happen to somebody and it kind of shows that George doesn't just see her as a pretty woman but as a human too. Yeah,
1: sure. Sure, absolutely. Also, what is the benefit of that for Mary? I'm just like I'm just wondering like what does she get out of that?
0: Power. She's getting so much power. She's
1: Yeah, yeah. She's a you know she's know think... the
0: moon. You get some you get some ex ex point experience points from eating the moon. Yeah, I
1: think I think she, I think she just like Like, gets fucking, like, Dr. Manhattan powers where she can just point at someone and their molecules dissolve.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, um, the scene starts out with, like, George talking about how big his ambitions are and, um, kind of in this one scene, you know, obviously Mary's wish is that she could be with George. Um, and she doesn't want to tell that to him because she doesn't want to, um, ruin his ambitions. Um, Mm -hmm. but, I don't know. At the same time, George is saying, basically, I'd do anything to be with you already. I'm in love with you, bitch. Um, and it's- I'm in fucking love with you. I can't believe it. It's just lovey-dovey, goopy-soupy. Yeah. Cozy, wozy, love yeah. shit, and and like yeah, I far beyond me to say that if you're in love with someone, you should like give up on your dreams. Um
1: No, yeah, that's that's no, but
0: that like that's like not the message of the movie either. The the message isn't to give up on your dreams. The message is like you don't need to do something astronomically large to have an impact on people's lives and be mm-hmm. make a difference and like be important to other people and I think that like you know of course George wants to see the world and I want him to and hopefully someday he'll be able to after the movie but like also I think his his biggest thing was that he wanted to be important and the movie sure. you know, Tom yeah. that he was important and yeah. uh also, I just really, I yeah. feel like the moon and I, this is just a really comfortable scene. It's just so comfy. It's just, I don't know, watching this scene, I feel at home. It's one of those, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is one of the very handfuls of movies that I am honestly okay with watching over and over and over again. Um, yeah, because I was, I was,
1: I was joking at the start. I mean, I have seen it a lot because, you know, you just... It is kind of a thing you have to do. But also, it is a pretty good movie overall. And, like, also, you know, I'm... I mean, you know, I normally find he- bullshit pretty, like, insufferable. But because the movie goes out of its way to actually develop these two's chemistry and doesn't really like um like mary's role in things is not like it's a movie about george but it's also about mary and her yeah. role isn't like minimized there are definitely some fucking problems with the movie
0: oh yeah like for real fucking <laughs> <laughs> specifically with mary like in the in the in the alternate universe like because she doesn't marry george she's like this sad librarian they gave her glasses oh
1: right yeah oh my god that is so stupid um also just the um and i'm not a, i'm i'm by no means an expert to speak on these things but there's the um there's the uh uh the maid that i think can't remember which of the families has, but the, that she's a complete black stereotype. Oh, yeah. And it's just, Absolutely. Re- it's a, it's, it's bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there are a lot of good things to be taken from this movie. Um, and yeah, they're, at the very least, they're, they're George and Mary's romance. ...isn't completely insufferable het bullshit.
0: It isn't. It's sweet and kind, and just like, you know, even though there are problems with the movie, just the overall message and tone... Wait, uh, like, okay, let me start over. Old movies, most old movies are, from my perspective, I haven't seen that many, but most old movies are just like, hey, let's make a film, Jack! and let's shoot some stuff, hey, (laughs) see? Let's do it, and it'll be great and stuff. But then, like, it usually just, like, it's confusing and the ending is weird, and you have to, like, fucking kind of just guess whatever the hell the director wanted you to figure out. But this movie is just like, Mm -hmm. hey, this movie's about love and loving yourself and fucking, you're, you can be meaningful and important and it's just had a lot of really good messages and it's sweet and kind and and very silly. And again
1: it does have a and again it does have a scene of a bunch of teens being thrown into a pool. It
0: does have a scene of a bunch of teens thrown into the pool. Also, I've seen this movie so many times, but uh <laughs> almost I would say 80% of the time I've seen this movie, I have not seen it from the beginning, and I just tuned in on a channel during the holidays, and it was already, like, oh, in the sure. second half of the movie, so I've probably seen the very beginning of the movie, like, maybe twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, this scene is, the scene is great, and it's wonderful, and this movie's wonderful, and, um...
1: It's a, it's a wonderful...
0: Life! life tell me your wish mary okay that's my thing tell me your wish mary (laughs) i tell joe all the time because he's he does a good george voice um i i tell him to tell me that quote all the time (laughs) okay that's my thing that's my christmas you want to become
1: super saiyan mary
0: (laughs) you want to become super saiyan mary
1: all right you want to be goku
0: what's your thing (laughs) jupiter
1: uh, what's oh my thing? Oh my! Th- no, okay, I'm gonna I'm not gonna do it again. Goddamn, yeah. you get so mad at me. Yeah, it's you just... get so mad at me when I'm just being myself and doing my <laughs> doing my own thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, t- uh. <laughs> Wait, you want my thing, Amy? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll last one around uh, the computer and give it to you. See,
1: <laughs> um, uh, my thing. Uh, uh, is not even a little bit remotely holiday related. I
0: will find, find a, find it. I'll find it.
1: If i I, I completely dare you. I completely dare you and encourage this behavior for you to find the holiday spirit in my thing. Okay. My thing, this episode is something that I. Only experienced for the first time last night. Oh. This is a very fresh thing on my mind.
0: Hot off the plate.
1: Hot off the plate. And I originally had another thing in mind that I was, like, embarrassed about. And, and was, like, trying to find something else to, to talk about because I didn't want to have to talk about it because I was embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. And I might still talk about it at some point. But then I played the Zen levels in Black Mesa. Mm,
0: okay.
1: And I immediately knew that they had to be my thing today.
0: Okay. Hey everybody, it's your good friend Post Production Amy. Jupiter proceeds to tell the entire plot of Half-Life 1, uh basically, all basically all of the spoilers. Um so if you want to play the game and experience the plot for your own, this is your warning for <laughs> Christmas.
1: So, uh, Black Mesa is a uh, HD remake of the first Half-Life game developed by Crowbar Collective, which is a uh, modding slash indie development team I don't know if they're gonna be doing any other stuff after this, cause they spent like 10 years making Black Mesa. Wow. Uh, well, cause they're, but they were like a bunch of, um, were slash are, bunch of people who, uh, who were just making this game out of the, their passion and love for Half-Life, and, knowing that Valve would never make an HD version of the game, and they were doing all of that, like, in their spare time, in a, like, in just, like, a fucking, like, not really, like, organized, like, officially organized way, and it was just, like, a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And they did a fucking great job, and... To, ever, to all of the members of Crowbar Collective, you did so fucking good on Black Mesa, you did a, a fucking fantastic job. Good work. Yay! Good job. Um, so, I have not- Black Mesa is the first version of Half-Life that I have ever played. Okay. I have not played the original, I have not played Half-Life 2- Not played any of the fucking weird side games. I would like to play Half-Life Alyx eventually, but I don't have that kind of VR headset or that kind of computer. Uh, and I fucking loved Black Mesa. It was a, it's a fucking great game. I, I don't know, I just just, like, I've had it for a long time. And, uh, I, I bought it years ago when it was still in development, uh, and have just been, like, I played it a little bit when I first bought it, and it was, like, a couple of years ago, maybe halfway done, and then I played a little bit more after some bigger updates came out, and then I guess they released the definitive edition? of the game, which I think just maybe ports it to a different end. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. But point is, uh, I just randomly was like, I want to play a video game. What do I want to play? Oh, yeah, I've got Black Mesa. It's fully out now. I know that. It's fully done let's just play it. Let me play it and let me finish it and, like, actually do the damn thing. And, like, when I say I'm gonna finish a game, I rarely do. hmm uh, but over the course of the last several days, I just really got into it and just w- went all the way through it. And I was partially helped by the fact that I have seen uh, both way back in the day uh, uh, God, I forget what it's called, but it's like Half Life, but you can hear Freeman's internal monologue. Is a is a video series that was a thing for a while. Um, oh, it was Freeman's Mind. That's what it was called. And then uh, Half Life VR AI. So I've seen I've seen both of those. So I've been around Half Life stuff for the entirety of my life, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I know the levels decently because I remember those videos. So it was, like, pretty easy to, like, remember certain things and get into the vibe. But playing the game is a, is a fully different experience. And, like, there is something really... There is something about playing Half-Life, Black Mesa specifically, but it's, I'm, it's definitely there in the original game. Of just feeling this, like, oh fuck, oh shit, oh fuck energy throughout the entire thing as the odds are infinitely against you and you've just gotta, like, in every single moment you've just gotta find that one tiny window of survival and thread through it. And there are so many things where you just, we're just like, things happen to you and you just have to figure it out and not die. And thankfully, even if you do die, the the saving system is pretty generous and quick saves are a thing. Mm -hmm. But like, nevertheless, in the like, in the like actual story of the game and the experience of playing it and the experience that Freeman is going through, is very like if I do one wrong thing, in any given moment, I will be dead, and also I am I have absolutely no control over what is happening to me.
0: Ah,
1: and like that throughout the the, so to give a to give a basic idea. Shout out to the non gamers.
0: Shout out to the non gamers.
1: So to give a basic idea of what Half-Life is, the first Half-Life game is about, and by extension Black Mesa, as a remake, is um, is that it follows Dr. Gordon Freeman, who works at Black Mesa, which is a experimental development company who develops like weird tech and weapons and all sorts of stuff I'm pretty sure they have a contract with the US government yeah that makes sense there's 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 lore <laughs> there's fucking lore if you want it um uh, but uh, but at the beginning of the game your job you're a physicist and your job is to do an experiment on a weird piece of crystal that they found from like an alternate dimension or something. And everyone's just like, you walk up and there's this whole long sequence of you walking up to the test chamber uh, and people are just like, f- you pass by scientists and they're all like... Fuck, this is g- going so bad. Oh, hi Freeman. <laughs> yes, go into the test sh- test chamber. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's well re- within reasonable variables even though this whole machine is on fire literally. Um and so you go into the big test chamber and you insert the crystal into a big laser and it starts a resonance cascade. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Me
0: when I fart. <laughs>
1: But basically what it means is that it opens a portal uh, into, or like overlaps our dimension with a border dimension called Border World, and then a bunch of fucked up aliens pop through. Mm. And suddenly the entire research facility is on fire and full of aliens. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. And then you've got a, and your whole thing is just like, well, fuck, I've got to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And then the military show up, and the scientists are like, oh, hell yeah, the military's here, we're saved. And then the military shoots them all dead.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because the military is covering up what has happened at Black Mesa. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's literally a scene. Um, and one of the cool things about Half-Life is that all of the, like, story happens, ar- it, like, never cuts to a cutscene. Things just happen around you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a scene where a scientist is like, like, right as the military shows up, and a scientist is like, like, you have to save me! I'm the man who knows everything! And then he's immediately shot dead. <laughs> And, uh, uh, and it's, and it's, like, the environmental storytelling and, like, and also at a certain point, like, because Freeman is wearing this, like, um, this, this suit that is, like, incredibly, like, resistant to damage, um, so he is able to, uh, like survive and kill a lot of soldiers and aliens and stuff. Eat hot and chili. And so at a certain point... And eat a hot chili. And at a certain point, uh, the all of the military are like, all right, our new mission is to kill this fucking guy specifically. And they, like, write, die, Freeman, on the in blood on the walls and set up traps specifically for him. Wow. And from that point on, it's like, okay, everything in this game... It's not just that I am in a dangerous situation. It is that everything in this world specifically wants to kill me. Yeah. And it's like it's like being in a tornado at the start, and then suddenly the tornado just focuses on you.
0: Yeah, it's like if you were in a tornado, and then there are also other guys in the tornado flying in the air with guns shooting at you.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. And you basically have no control about what's going on. You're just trying to get to this, the Lambda Research Center. And you have to do a whole bunch of shit to get there. And every time you're like, oh, I think I'm there, some more shit happens to you. But then... You get to the end. You get to the Lambda Research Center. And the researchers there say to you, Hey, Freeman, buddy, my guy, my dude, my my guy, I need you to go to this alternate dimension and kill a big baby. Oh. There's a big floating baby who is evil and is the source of all of the the energy that is making all of the aliens show up. So I need you to go in there and kill a big baby.
0: Please kill a big baby. And... Thank you.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like, okay, I guess. All right. I was literally just trying to go home to my fucking apartment, but I guess I'll go into an alternate dimension and kill a big baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and so, this is where you get to the final part of the game, which is Zen. X-E-N. Oh. And, notoriously, in the original game, the Zen levels suck ass. They apparently- I haven't played them, but they're apparently, like, just really bad to play, and, like- just snap change all of the rules of the game and there's like weird gravity and like suddenly you just have to adjust to a completely new way of playing the game that is bad and is mostly focused on 3d platforming Mm. um for the last little chunk of the game uh and you you talk to almost anybody who is a fan of the first half-life game and they will probably tell you that the Zen levels are the least favorite part. okay. So, there is a lot of pressure on the Black Mesa team to make the Zen levels not suck ass. Yeah. And so they spent several years tweaking and fine-tuning and putting all of their energy and effort into making the Zen levels not suck ass. And for years... The game was basically complete and then you got to the point where you would have gotten to the Zen levels and then the game just stopped. Oh. Because they were like, hey, it's not fucking ready yet.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> and throughout the majority of the game, or uh, uh, like the majority of the game in Black Mesa is a pretty faithful remake of... Half-Life 1. It the levels are very similar. All of the same set pieces happen. There are some changes and refinements and level design tweaks and like things here and there. Um and like it is different, but all of the levels are there, all of the same parts are there. You if you played the first one and you played Black Mesa you would have no trouble understanding what's going on. Mm -hmm. The Zen levels are completely, totally, utterly different. They are different in almost every way it is possible for them to be different. Wow. So, with all of that lead-up... So this is... It it is spoilers, but also it's a fucking bajillion-year-old game, and, like you're not going to stop me from talking about how cool these end levels are because the Cribbar Collective put so much fucking work into them and I need to talk about it. Okay. So, first off, the first thing that I noticed immediately on stepping into the portal and doing the fucking portal sequence and landing in the border world is that it's fucking beautiful.
0: Yay! Pretty!
1: Pretty check. I the sky is all like multicolored haze that looks just amazing. Uh, I'm gonna grab a a screenshot of it so that you can you can see what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: Oh wow. That's that's a dang yeah. pretty sky.
1: Yeah, and there as you go through it, there is so like the level like the two big colors in Zen are orange and blue, and as you go through it, the sky shifts colors and the landscape, and like. The color palette is just so fucking beautiful and the way that this, this alien world is like structured and the landscapes and the, the nature and everything is so beautiful and alien and weird and cool and just so detailed and wonderful. It's so fucking good, and so fucking cool. Hell yeah. And then, you, uh, then the next thing I noticed was just, honestly, how fucking cool the long jump is. So, this is a thing that was in the original game, uh, is the long jump pack, which they introduced specifically for the zen levels and at the just like right at the end of the game a sciences is like hey here's an extra thing that will make you able to long jump and first off zen is an extremely vertical area so much of the game is spent uh, so much of the zen levels is spent climbing up and you can fall you can fall all the way back to the bottom Mm -hmm. The stakes are real, but also because of the long jump pack, you don't take fall damage in Zen, Ooh, which is fucking excellent. That is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. But also it ups the tension because if you fall, you know, you're not going to die. You just know that you have to climb all the way back up.
0: Yeah. Gotta do it all over again
1: also the long jump uh in the original game the long jump was was executed with like a a, a crouch jump thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: in black mesa it's just tap double tap the space bar and you rock it forward and you have a good amount of control about how much velocity you have and where you land and it feels very good mm-hmm. and you just spend like you're, you're gonna be long jumping a lot and you can like Strafe backwards or, or to the, to the sides when you long jump. So there's like a lot of freedom of movement in the Zen levels, which is great. And it just feels so fun to move around. And the platforming is really fun. And there's also really good, like, proper Half-Life style puzzles. And it's great. The next thing that I love about the Zen levels is that it shows all of the aliens in their natural habitat.
0: Oh, damn, that's cool.
1: So, throughout the game, you will see all of these aliens completely out of context. You will see the head crabs, and you'll see the bull eyes, which are very annoying little fucked-up eye dogs that run at you and then scream. Oh. Um, and... There are, um, uh, there's fucking another weird bull squid, I think is what it's called, which is a really tough little guy who shoots acid at you. Splatoon. And you see, Splatoon, and you see all of these aliens, uh, uh, outside of their context. And in the original Half-Life game, you don't get any more context, really, for their natural environments. You get a little bit, but not much. Um, but the Black Mesa version of Zen really fleshes it out. Like, really a lot. And, like, you see the areas in which these aliens live their regular lives. And they still want to kill you, but it makes... That it makes more sense. And you also realize that they're not part of some, like, unified force necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're just animals. Yeah. And you can see them, like, trying to kill each other because they're hunters and whatever. Yeah. Like, you understand everything about these aliens and their specific, um, specific like contexts by just walking around zen and seeing where they exist and what they're doing
0: Mm -hmm. so basically like the first half of the game it'd be the equivalent of like accidentally teleporting a a cougar into a laboratory and then the cougars just freak the fuck out and attacks whoever it sees
1: yeah, basically. Except yeah, it's absolutely. alien. Except it's aliens. Um, and I just think that's so fucking cool. Like, you get the sense of, like, this is a real place mm-hmm. where, where real things live. Yeah. And it's super interesting. And then you get to the factory area. Well, first you get to the city, and then you get to the factory. And this is, honestly, this is the part where I fully realized that I had to talk about this part. This is when I realized I had to talk about the Zen levels. Because throughout the entire game, there have been these aliens called, there have been two more humanoid aliens. There have been, and I'm probably going to I'm probably misremembering the name, but the Vortigaunts, I think is what they are. Which are, you know, sort of skinny, like, little freaky guys who shoot lightning at you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's the alien grunts, which are more military-styled and shoot bees at you. Bees! Bees! I mean, alien bees, but they're bees. Hmm. Um, And... Like, you don't really get, like, context for what the deal is there, but you get to Zen and you start to understand. And the moment where I, where everything changed for me for my perspective of these aliens is you enter this city area and it's immediately different from everything. Everything has been nature and really, like, lush, interesting alien nature and like, forests and swamps and just all of that. And super, super cool. And then you get to the city area. And you are crawling through a vent. And you see one of the alien grunts, uh, like, attacking one of the vortigants Because, and you can look around the room and get the context that the Vortigants are Workers. They are are subjugated workers being controlled to do things for this weird alien baby. Oh! And so you go through this area and you see the Vortigants working and doing stuff and, like... And they see you! And in the first room, they're just... In the first room, what I did... Was I took my little crossbow and I shot the two alien grunts in the head. Because, you know, pretty fucked up of them to be just beating a worker right there in the middle of the room. Mm -hmm. That sucks ass. And I went into the room and all of the Vortigans scrambled and went to hide.
0: Oh, they didn't attack you.
1: No, they didn't.
0: Interesting.
1: And I go into another room. And I open a door and there is a force field separating me and a bunch of vortigant workers. And then one of them comes up to the, sees me behind the, the force field and looks at me and sighs and opens up the force field to let me in. Wow. And then these two vortigants have this whole conversation that you can kind of get what they're saying but they're all speaking in a, in a language that you don't understand. And like, one of them seems to be sick, and then the other one is like concerned about them, and so they go over to the fire to warm up, and you just see, you just go into this, this city area, and you see what, that these are, this is just where the Vortigans live.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, a bunch of controllers come down. And controllers are like small little alien babies. So you can get that they're like connected directly to the big alien baby. Mm-hmm. And they're called controllers because what they do is they mind control the vortigants to attack you.
0: Ah, with the lightning. that's fucked up.
1: And so then you get to the, then you have the feeling of like, fuck, I've been killing these guys the entire game, and they weren't even... They were being mind-controlled. Yeah. They were not... This being sent to Earth to kill me was way worse for them than it was for me. hmm And so I deliberately avoided killing any of the vortigans when they were being controlled. I just like dodged their attacks and let myself get hit as I attacked the controllers. Good. And then once I kill once I killed the controllers, the vortigans got control of their bodies again. Mhm. And so you go through the rest of the area and you see the working like the way the areas where the vortigans are working and you don't understand what they're doing. Necessarily, because it's all alien and weird. Mm-hmm. But you understand that they're not doing it of their own volition. Mm-hmm. And as you go through, you do things, you mess up their the the machinery so that you can get to from place to place. And the controllers are co- constantly coming in to like try and stop you. But the Vardigans are like all like helpful. And open doors for you when they can, and like are like they they don't understand your language or what or who you are, but they know that you're fucking shit up, mm-hmm. and so they're like, okay, well, let me just open this little door for you, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's great, and then you get to the factory area where. You get the next big piece of context and all throughout the factory, you're seeing these weird boxes going through different processes. And like, like there's a, there's a whole sequence where I love where you are riding on top of a box as it goes through a like step in the machinery where it's being like hit by a bunch of lasers and like, and like crushed and like all of this stuff informed and you just have to dodge around the machinery while staying on this box oh cool it's so cool it's my probably my favorite part of the whole level and there's this whole thing of like what are these fortigans being asked to do what is in these boxes what is it what's going on and then there's a part which is a very frustrating part in terms of the gameplay but like also just makes so much, like, puts everything into context where the controllers come up, and they use their psychic powers to throw the boxes at you, and inside the boxes are unarmored grunts.
0: Ah!
1: They are manufacturing soldiers.
0: They're making the guys!
1: Yeah! And so, from then, you, you understand the whole ecosystem of Zen, You understand what's going on. Even though you have not been able to talk to anybody, no one has been able to explain it to you, and even those who are friendly to you don't speak a language you uh, understand. Mm
0: -hmm. That's fucking environmental storytelling, baby!
1: It's so fucking good! It's so fucking good. And, like... The level design also is just so like that fucking like box sequence I was talking about mm-hmm. is so inventive and so fun and like like re- especially during the zen levels you really get this feeling of like fuck I am not supposed to be here. Yeah. I am not supposed to be climbing through the fucking machinery yeah. to get to where I'm going. And and also I have no idea where I'm going. Yeah. It's so fucking good. And, like, and then, like, you finally reached the end, and, like, the last part that I will talk about, I'm not going to talk about the boss fight. The boss fight is fun, and, like, is very dangerous, and very, like, like, cool, it's a cool-as-hell boss fight, but I'm not going to talk about it. Because, uh, because the alien baby has caused enough problems (laughs) that I'm not, I'm not going to platform his hatred. (laughs)
0: This is not alien baby, um, platform.
1: The last part of the, of the Zen levels that I want to talk about is right at the very end. And it's so small. It is a small, just little detail that I love. Because throughout the Zen levels, you've been doing a lot of fighting. And you've brought in an entire arsenal with you. Rocket launchers and shotguns and assault rifles and just everything. Mm -hmm. You also have some weird alien weapons that run on radiation and, uh, uh, just weird alien bits. And it's very cool. And you also get the, the fucking gun that the, um, that the alien grunts use where they, they shoot bees at you. You can do that. Yay. It's my least favorite weapon in the game, but it is, you can do it. Um, I don't think I've ever successfully killed anything with that gun. <laughs> I don't know how the gr- I don't know how the grunts do it. Um, but, uh, but you brought in this whole arsenal with you. And at the start, there are some little bits of Black Mesa that come with you because there have been other explorations into the border world you are not the first to go in there mm-hmm. and there are little outposts and a lab and just little bits of black mesa that have popped up mm mm-hmm. but by the time you get there they're all overtaken they're all all of the scientists are dead and they're all just destroyed mm mm-hmm. Because humanity is not supposed to be here. Humanity does not belong on the border world. And so at first you are able to refill your guns. You're able to find more ammunition. But the deeper you go, the less able you are to do that because nobody else has made it this far. Oh, And so you eventually just start running out of ammo for everything.
0: Oh my god.
1: And by the end, I was running away from fights. Because I just couldn't handle... There were too many enemies and not enough ammo. Mm -hmm. And the only ammo that I had left was... there That I could refill was for my radiation weapons... Which there are occasionally little crystals that can refuel, re, um, refuel that. And so, by the end, I was exclusively using the alien weapons on the alien world. And there was no trace or shred of humanity left. And then I got to one of the last little rooms of the game. Which is... In the alien baby's little, like, personal stronghold. And there's a room where there are a bunch of tubes that have bits of humanity in them. Computer monitors and desk chairs and staplers. It's just stuff taken from the office.
0: Hmm.
1: There's a couple human bodies in there, too. And whether or not this is an area of study or a trophy room is unclear to me. But just arriving there after spending an hour or two without any sense of point of reference or sense of humanity or anything, and then getting there and then seeing those little bits of humanity stuffed in jars really just it adds one little bit of context and also makes makes me fully like makes me fully remember that because throughout the game the clear theme is that black mesa is wrong and shouldn't have done any of this yeah and shouldn't have explored the border world and shouldn't have been so enthusiastic to open up portals into this world and shouldn't have done any of it and to get to this last little room where all of this all of these little bits of humanity are are stuffed in tubes makes me like there is this fascination that black mesa had with the border world and it's a sort of moment of like you know that saying of like you look into the void and the void looks back yeah it's very much that
0: yeah yeah
1: and it's almost like a little like thing of like i can never truly return to any of this and then you be the final boss and you literally can't because an intergalactic guy in a business suit is like hey bitch you're working for me now
0: (laughs) damn well thanks for telling me the entirety of (laughs) half-life (laughs)
1: Oh, no, I I totally did. I totally did tell you the entirety of Half-Life 1, but you can understand how it was all extremely important to understanding the Zen levels. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, that is crazy, because it's like, you know, you start at a a corrupt place that, you know, is just fueled by... uh, the the thirst for knowledge and power and information and then you know there's like a intermittent you know people aliens creatures who are just stuck in the the cross the crossfire of mm-hmm. survival and then you get to the other end and it's just you know another power another entity that is just interested in power and knowledge and yeah and it's that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And shout out to Black I, I, Mesa for, um, like, getting... Be, being able to translate that better than the original source material.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Fucking, like... Shout out so hard to Crowbar Collective for putting all of this together and really, like... Like you said, translating it better than the original source material. Like, these levels fucking rock and put the entire game into a perspective that was already there, but is so much better understood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. It's It's, fucking excellent. It is so... It's so um, rare because it's so hard to get fans together like that especially when they're Mm -hmm. doing it of their own free time um they're not even like getting paid for it at the beginning um and you know that much passion that goes into a project like that that's already you know people are doing this because they all love it not because they need it to make it to you know pay their bills it just you know goes to show that When you make, this is the moral of the story. When you make something with love and passion, it shows.
1: Ah, I love that. That's great. Hey, did you find the Christmas angle to to my thing?
0: Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just like in Die Hard. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. He, he, he was in a building and people were trying to kill him. That's the Christmas spirit.
1: Sure, Amy. <laughs> sure. Thanks
0: for listening to Enchanting Aspects. Um Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy happy everything. Um Yeah. Uh
1: I I we didn't fucking like say it when it was relevant, but uh you know Hanukkah ended a little bit ago and uh to uh any any Jewish followers, just want to say happy very belated Hanukkah.
0: Happy late Hanukkah. Um, uh, we are gonna take a a good old good old winter break. We'll be back. Uh huh. Um, in the, well, January, late January. Um, and yeah, uh,
1: like the the seventeenth, I
0: think. Yeah. Um, and then uh, if you wanna keep up on our escapades, whatever, we're gonna. Our Twitter is um. At Enchanting Pod, and it's at Mushroom Pods, and um, you can tell your friend, hey, over the holidays, tell your loved ones and your friends, Merry Christmas, or whatever, I got you as a present, this podcast, Enchanting Aspects. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely, 100%. And the,
0: yeah, the best gift is, spread the word of good cheer, and we are pretty good cheer.
1: Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, go check us out on mushroomstation.net for more information about the shows and to get to our Patreon and our YouTube. Uh, and go go support us on Patreon. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Uh Also, uh, we are looking for feedback on the network and our shows on how you feel about the relaunch things that you would like to see how do you feel about the patreon um, we're just looking for your feedback so we would highly encourage you to uh, send us an email at mushroomfeedback at gmail.com to uh, give us your word on what you think about what we're doing over here
0: yeah uh, any yeah, any f- any concerns any things you want to change any compliments any validation?
1: Yeah, that'd be great. That'd
0: be great. Awesome. Uh, greatly appreciated. Um, mm-hmm.
1: oh, and one final thing is that, uh, first off, you can give us a rating on iTunes, and that would be sick. Yeah. Giving us a rating and, and review on iTunes would be amazing. Five stars reviews. Yes. Would, 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 would be great. Now, you can also give us a rating on Spotify. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you, and there's no review part of it. So you can just go to the, our podcast page over on Spotify, give us a five star rating, and then call it good. It'll take us like, it'll take like 30 seconds. Yeah.
0: So that's go, awesome. Go
1: over to our Spotify. Go over to Spotify page, rate us five stars. Yes. Boost it in the fucking algorithm. Yes. Boost which is probably us. what it does.
0: We both got our booster this yeah. week. Let's get boosted our enchanting aspects.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my bo- my I'm not getting my booster shot until the twenty second. Oh. But by the time this episode by the time this episode comes out, I will have gotten my booster shot.
0: Yeah. Why did I think you got it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye 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 bye. Love yourself, believe in yourself.
0: Teacher says, every time a bell rings, the big giant evil baby gets its wings.
1: I tried. I tried.